Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi fans, welcome back to another episode of La Jamen Latte. Off the back of watching Mindy Culling's Never Have I Ever on Netflix the other week, I have spiralled into a deep obsession with Mindy and I've basically decided I want to be her now. I've been hectically binging the Mindy Project, which is free on the Nine Now app if you're in Australia. And look, I'm not proud, but I've definitely added her like six or seven times on Twitter, to which she has acknowledged zero. But I just feel like her comedy is the perfect mix of pop culture references mild self-deprecation and a side of socio-cultural commentary without being too serious, which I just feel like is very on brand for me. So accordingly, I have slowed down on Grey's Anatomy a little bit because I was up to season five and nothing was happening. Like Meredith is still so annoying and needy. Christina is still super selfish. And George was getting the most action out of everyone from the ladies, which is mind blowing. So I've really moved on to Mindy. I even Googled how she got famous so I could replicate it, but she got a break in the office. And that's a dead end for me because there are like five Australian scripted shows that are made each year and they just use the same 10 actors like anyone in the cast of Offspring is allowed and the doctor from Doctor Doctor like it is no longer the days of like Water Rats and All Saints and Blue Healers a different Australian show on every night anyway I digress I can talk about that another time and I will so for now I just have to continue my obsession with Mindy from afar today on the podcast with help from our in-house beauty expert, Julia, I go through the basics of a skincare routine, which you definitely need if you're a millennial elder listening to this podcast. Then in celebration of the TV show Reboot just announced, I review the predictable yet iconic dance classic, Center Stage. And of course, I'll leave you with a life changer, which trigger warning, this week is a little bit disturbing. So fans, a lot of you have been asking me about my skincare routine. No, we haven't. Okay, that's true. Actually, not a single one of you has. But according to a recent study that I just made up, 100% of you have no idea what the medicine cabinet full of skincare you have actually does. So in this episode, I'm going to break down the basic steps for you, the basics. Because if you're a millennial elder listening to this podcast, you probably, nay, definitely need a skincare routine. What makes me qualified to impart such wisdom on you, you say? Well, fans, I'm a member of several Facebook beauty communities and I do a lot of online skincare shopping. So approximately nothing. But people listen to Pete Evans, who told osteoporosis sufferers to stop eating dairy. So, you know, I feel like I've got a leg up there. Plus, for this episode, I've recruited an actual beauty aficionado, our fan, Julia. Julia has worked in the beauty industry, disclaimer in marketing. So as well as contributing to this episode, she's also made sure I don't share any outright lies that will lead to your face peeling off. 
If your current skincare routine is like my boyfriend's and limited to a face washer in the shower, it might feel like there's a bit to take in this episode, but never fear, Nicole is here. Like any good lecturer, I've included notes, so you'll find details of each step as well as some bonus product recommendations from Julia in the show notes and also in the Facebook group La Jaman Latte podcast. You can also ask Julia any questions you have in the podcast group as well. Just like brushing your teeth, you should address your face twice a day. And just like brushing your teeth, there's an order in which treatments should be applied. Like you wouldn't floss before you brush your teeth, right? And like any academic theory, there's some dispute over the actual order of applying products, but the general rule of thumb is to go from lightest to heaviest. Step zero, before we start throw out your St. Ives apricot scrub. I know you've got it sitting in the back of your medicine cabinet and unless you need to remove paint from your walls, you have no need for it. Okay, now onto the real steps. Step one, morning and night, you need to cleanse. If you only take one lesson away from this extremely informative and entertaining episode, it's this. Wash your face, you dirty pigs. Cleansing is essential at least once a day, and if you're wearing makeup, you obviously need to remove that first. I don't care how drunk you get at your Zoom party, get it off. Personally, I like to use Face Halo, which is just a microfiber towel that you wet and it takes your makeup off. But you could also use micellar water or wipes, which, while they are a strong contender for the laser bitch, it will leave residue on your face, which then you still need to wash off with the cleanser anyway. Also, if you're using makeup wipes and wonder why you're 30 and still get breakouts, well, you're welcome. I just solved the case for you. Cleansers come in different forms and strengths, water, gel, oil, and foam. And it's really your choice what you use based on what your skin's hungry for, except if you get oily skin or are acne prone, then please don't use an oil cleanser. You're trying to remove oil from your pores, not add more. Product recommendations. Skin Iceland Glacial Face Wash, $46 at Mecca. This is Julia's holy grail. It gets deep into those pores, controlling your breakouts, and leave you wanting to touch your soft face all day. For a cheap and cheerful option, Innisfree Jeju Volcanic Pore Cleansing Foam is only 13 bucks at Adore Beauty. Now, of course, you could use your hands to cleanse like an absolute pleb, but as I've mentioned before on this podcast, my Foreo is an absolute game changer. It's a face vibrator, and before I used it, I don't think my face was ever actually clean. It literally feels like you've had a professional facial every day. I can't even tell you. It's my number one beauty product ever. You can pick them up from around $60 for a small one and they go up to like $300 for the big one. But honestly, I've got the small one and it works like a dream. And you can get them from any reputable beauty retailer. Before we move on to the next step, I want to talk about acids because they're super hot right now in the face industry and they're in a lot of products I'm going to talk about. But some acids can dissolve a whole human body. So I feel like it's important to reiterate that these acids are not those ones, I don't think. So some of the acids that you're going to see on product packaging are AHA, BHA, or PHA. 
alpha hydroxy acids, beta hydroxy acids, or polyhydroxy acids. AHAs exfoliate the top layer of your skin. They literally break down the bonds that hold cells together, allowing you to shed your dead skin and rebirth a fresh, plump, firmer textured, better layer of skin. It's totally like being reborn. Some AHAs you might have heard of are glycolic acid, mandelic acid, and lactic acid. While AHAs are for the top layer of skin, BHAs penetrate your pores like a Taylor Swift ballad penetrates your soul. They're oil-soluble, meaning they break down the oils and the shit that gets clogged in your pores, which causes blackheads and breakouts. The main BHA is salicylic acid. Obviously, BHAs are really good for oily skin and acne-prone skin. PHAs are much less common in everyday skincare and they're more for sensitive skin. They reduce redness and rosacea and can compensate for some drying caused by AHAs. It's also not an either-or situation. You can totally mix and match and use them together, which we'll get to later on. Exfoliating cleansers are something that you want to do like once a week, twice a week tops, unless it says differently on the packet. So it's like, yeah, you sweep your floors, but sometimes you really need to vacuum and mop. Exfoliating is a really deep clean and you want to ensure you have the AHA queen glycolic acid in your product. But like the heat of your Nando's order, glycolic acid in products comes in different strengths. Actually, this goes for all of your products. You always want to check how much of the actives are actually in the product. You can get glycolic acid in products from 5% right up to 50%, which is your heavy-duty chemical peels. Think of that episode of Kath and Kim where they get the acid peels and then their skin comes off. I mean, it's totally only a little bit like that. Product recommendations. I really like Skinstitute 14% Glycolic Scrub, which is $36 at Adore Beauty, but it's always on sale and it's a fairly savvy exfoliator that will leave your skin feeling so smooth and your pores so clean. For the real housewives out there with a spare 140 bucks, Dr. Dennis Gross peel pads from Mecca are really the holy grail and you can use them every day if you build up to it. It's got five AHAs and BHAs plus a side of retinol, which is the anti-aging goddess, so you know it's the shit. Next up is toners and these can be used daily as part of your day and night routine. And if you haven't used a toner in a while, you might be thinking of toner as that pure methylated spirits type liquid that comes in your Clinique three pack with the cleanser and moisturizer and absolutely burns your face. Well, it's not like that anymore. Toner isn't vodka for your face. It's essentially a primer for what's about to come. But just like with makeup primer, if you're lazy or busy or just really can't be bothered with like eight steps, it's probably one that can be missed. There are a few types of toners to look for based on what your skin wants. There are the mild exfoliation toners, which will have your AHA, BHA or PHAs either separate or together. And then there are hydrating toners, which will contain something called hyaluronic acid. And hyaluronic acid is another buzzword in the face game. Like ants can lift 1,000 times their body weight, hyaluronic acid can hold 1,000 times its weight in water. It's lish. So toners are really gentle and, like I said, should be used daily in most cases. But once you've applied that toner, you need to wait a full five minutes before the next step. And honestly, even in ISO with nothing to do, who has time for that? Product recommendations – 
Glow Recipe Watermelon Glow PHA plus BHA Pore Tight Toner. It's $54 at Mecca. It smells delicious and it has BHA that gets into your pores and that mild exfoliation, but also the hyaluronic acid for moisture. The savvy option is the Ordinary's Glycolic Acid Toning Solution. So again, you get that mild exfoliation. You can pick that up from Adore Beauty for $14.50. The Ordinary is a product that Julia and I love because it's really cheap and works really really well, especially if you're just starting out with your skincare routine. It's a really good place to start. Next up, we have serums, which always check the pack for usage instructions because some of them are really potent and should only be used a few times a week at night, but others are for daily use morning and night. Basically, up until now, we've been at pre-drinks just getting tipsy, and now we're at the club and this is where shit gets wild. Just like you wouldn't go to pre-drinks and skip the club, well, like I would because (laughs) I'm a nana, but you don't skip serums. They are the main event. Serums are super concentrated antioxidants actives or hydrators and what you choose depends on which skin concern you'd like to target. So basically we've been drinking cruises all night and now we're about to hit the shots and this is the menu. AHA, BHA exfoliating serums are the strongest. Like Edward Cullen, they're very sensitive to light, so you should only use these at night. Yes, they've been in other products before, but in the serum form, they're generally really strong and they work overnight to resurface your face, basically. For product recommendations, rich bitches love Drunk Elephant TLC, which starts at $114 at Mecca. It is jam-packed with AHAs and BHAs, so there are so many benefits. It's basically like eating a box of Cadbury favorites without the shit cherry ripe. A slightly more savvy option is Alpha H Liquid Gold, which you can get for $60 at Adore Beauty, but it's always on sale or a two-for-one offer. I mean, technically, this is not a serum. It's a liquid, but same, same. It's a little bit milder than the TLC and only has AHAs. Next on the menu, we have the drink special, which everybody is loving at the moment. It's Vitamin C. It helps to brighten your skin, boost collagen, and reduce dark spots. It can be quite strong, so always check the percentage in the ingredients. Also, it's really unstable, so you need to use it quick and keep it in the dark. For recommendations, Julia's go-to is Revolution Skincare 12.5% Vitamin C Serum. It's 20 bucks at Priceline, so nice and savvy. You can also get Vitamin C in 100% powder form. I like Skinstitute Vitamin C Powder, and you just mix it with another one of your serums. Also, it looks like drugs, so people will be like, when did you become a drug dealer? And you'll be like, that's my skincare. Get your mind out of the gutter. Anyway, that's $35 at Adore Beauty. Next up, we have the Acne and Redness Fighter Vitamin B. Niacinamide is probably the most popular of the vitamin Bs. It reduces the appearance of blemishes, congestion, and clears up your acne scars, basically. Also, depending on the product, it usually comes with a side of hydration and collagen production. Both mine and Julia's holy grail is the Ordinary Niacinamide, which you can get for $10 from Adore. I'm not going to recommend products that Julia or I haven't used or other people haven't raved about extensively because I'm not going to give you information that I can't back up. So only one for the vitamin B. Finally, we have hydrating serums. Again, you're looking for that high concentration of hyaluronic acid here. You can never have too much moisture, even if you've got oily skin. If you're using the right form, it's not going to cause you more acne. 
Basically, if you're doing all these really strong shots, think of hyaluronic acid as a big glass of water you need at the end of the night. Again, for both Julia and I, our ride or die is the ordinary hyaluronic, which is $12 at a door. But, you know, if you've got those job seeker payments coming through, you might like the Spenny option, SkinCeuticals Hyaluronic Acid Intensifier, which is $142 at a door. Eye creams. Now, you need a different eye cream from the rest of your face because the skin is much thinner and softer and you will learn very quickly if you use those strong products around your eyes, it will burn you. So I feel like people expect miracles from their eye cream, but eye cream is not Jesus. Crow's feet, dark circles, hollow eyes are not things that an eye cream can magically fix. Like sure, they can reduce them. Botox and fillers, on the other hand, can fix them. And honestly, for the price you spend on a good eye cream to do a little bit of work, you could basically spend the same amount on injectables to do a lot of the work. But we can talk about that another time. What eye creams can do well is reduce puffiness, increase hydration, and brighten your eyes. You want to use the lighter products in the morning and then the heavier ones at night to like soak in overnight. Estee Lauder Advanced Night Repair, which is around $110, is an absolute cult favorite. Kiehl's Cream Eye Treatment with Avocado is about $50 from a door, and it's another favorite, but is purely a hydration focus. I like Origins Ginseng, which is $50 from Mecca. It has a little bit of highlighter in it as well. So as well as reducing puffiness, it's really good for skin brightening if you don't want to wear makeup. Spot treatments. This is a stage in your routine, day or night, I guess, where you would pop your Clearasil stick on your active pimples. Next up is moisturizer. And this is as mandatory as your daily shower, no matter what your skin type. In the morning, you probably want a light hyaluronic-based moisturizer so you don't get too greasy. At night, you can do a thicker one again because you've got all night for it to really absorb. Personally, I like to use one as light as possible even during the day because you put all these serums on before and I feel like the heavy ones suffocate my skin and I just get as clammy as a pedo in a kindergarten. Expert Julia says that moisturizers are a very personal choice so if you find one you like definitely stick to it. We are so close to the end of our day routine but I've got one more step because unless you apply a moisturizer with a whole tablespoon the SPF in it is not going to be enough to protect you from the sun. So we just need to apply that sunscreen, which we have to wait five more minutes to do. Our moisturizer recommendations, mine and Julia's ride or die, again, like we have a lot of the same product recommendations because they're really good. Clinique Moisture Surge is the absolute best. It's so light. It leaves your skin so soft and dewy and it's $65 at a door or Mecca. Cetaphil Moisturizing Cream is an absolute classic. It's $8.50 from Chemi Warehouse. Step seven in the day, sunscreen. As grown adults, I think we all know by now that even if the sun isn't out, UV rays are. So get one for your face. They're not all hella thick. And that's your day routine done. Yes. My favorite is Mecca Safe Face 50 Plus. It's $40 at Mecca. It's super light. And honestly, it feels like a moisturizer. Another crowd pleaser is ultraviolet. 
right. Back to the night time. After moisturizers, we are onto our retinol, which is a vitamin A. And yes, we only use this at nighttime because it is so strong. If you're over 30, this word is very important. So remember it, retinol. This is gold star level in anti-aging, obviously besides Botox. It reduces your fine lines and wrinkles by producing collagen and it comes in different strengths, which you need to be very aware of. It goes from 0.1% up to 5%. And then you have to go to Dr. Mark Sloan and get a prescription for the heavy shit. So start slow. I cannot emphasize this one enough. Just ask our fan, Moni, who recently burnt her face with a 1% concentrate. For product recommendations, Julia's go-to is Intraceuticals Booster Vitamin A. It's $49 at a door, but you really need to have self-control to use this product because you just add the desired amount into your moisturizer and control the dose yourself. Another absolute crowd favorite is Drunk Elephant A Passione Retinol, which is $113 at Mecca. It is very potent. So if you're just starting out, I would probably start with something with a smaller percentage. Again, do not use retinol on your eyes unless it is in your eye cream. And absolutely devastatingly, you can't use vitamin A if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Boo! Oh my God, we are finally at the end of our nighttime skin routine. We're up to oils. Now, I know I have been saying all along, if you have acne prone or oily skin, don't use oil-based products. And I don't, I can't explain to you the science. I don't know. But when it comes to actual oils, they are fine to use. Oils are basically a sealant that are going to lock in everything else you've just slathered all over your face. Aside from being a sealant, you want to look for an oil that, again, meets your specific skin concerns. For me, oils are kind of like brushing your teeth at night. Yeah, you should definitely do it. It's better if you do, but it's not like the absolute worst if you don't. In terms of products, I like the Jujuba Company Jujuba Oil. Okay, it's not called, I think it's actually pronounced jojoba, but I think Jujuba sounds so much better. It's a really good savvy option and you can get it from Priceline for like $20. Um, and it's really good if you do have oily or acne prone skin. Another cult favorite is Face Hero from Goto Skin. Care, which is Zoe Foster Blake's company. It's $45 at Mecca. So I guess by now you've probably worked out that there's a lot of the same ingredients repeated in every step. So you could really like pick and choose what steps to do because you don't really need to keep repeating using those same ingredients. But at least now you know the ingredients, you can know what to look for in your products based on your skincare concerns. Expert Julia has also provided a bunch of face mask, eye mask, lip mask treatment recommendations because she also strongly recommends adding those into your routine once a week. I thought that might be a little bit overwhelming to add just now and I really wanted to focus on the basics first, but I have included them in the notes, which I will share in the show notes and also in the Facebook group. Julia, like I said at the top of the show, will also be more than happy to answer any of your skincare questions. You can post them in the Facebook group a large almond latte podcast. There you have it, fans, the basics of a skincare routine. If you follow this advice, you'll all be looking like 15-year-old boys and girls within like two months. Obviously, that's like maybe a bit of an exaggeration, but it's basically true. In honor of the announcement this week that it's being rebooted into a TV series, I reviewed the movie that is probably the only dance movie you didn't try to learn the steps to, Center Stage. We open on 
our protagonist, Jody auditioning for the American Ballet Academy. There's all these whispers from the judging panel about how shit she is, but then somehow she gets in. On her first day, we meet all the secondary characters. A guy who is way too confident for the face he's carrying offers to carry her bags in. Obviously, he's going to be important later. Then there's her sassy roommate, Eva, who's smoking inside. Wow, this movie is super old. Another guy, Charlie, who's wearing a lot of foundation that doesn't match his skin color. And her other roommate, Maureen. At their first class, we meet the real star of the movie, in my eyes, a young Sandy Cohen. Young Sandy Cohen is the director of the company and is a bit of a dick, which I'm going to ignore. And he explains that at the end of the year, three men and three women, Max, will get into the American Ballet, of which the American Ballet Academy, where she is now, is like the training program for. That guy that helped her with her bags with the motorcycle turns out to be the primo, prima ballerino of the American Ballet Academy. What do you call the lead male ballerina? I I think it's a ballerino. Ballerino? Anyway, I'm going to call it a ballerino. His name is Cooper, and he stars in Romeo and Juliet with the prima ballerina, which, get this, turns out to be his ex-girlfriend, and she's now married to a young Sandy Cohen. So juicy. So Cooper and Sandy Cohen don't really love each other. Meanwhile, for some reason, I feel like it's important to share that at this stage of the movie, like 15 minutes in, I have eaten half a block of marble chocolate watching this. I don't know. Something about ballet makes me stress eat. Back to class. This movie is like two hours long because they show so many long dancing scenes. And honestly, I'm just reminded of how much I hated doing ballet. Also, it turns out, as suspected by the judging panel in the audition, Jody is really shit. Sandy Cohen calls her into his office and he's like, you've got bad feet, horrible turnout, and your body is a hard no. Lucky you're pretty, but you should really think about if you should be here at this point. I would think that in a Hollywood movie, now you would expect the montage of her working really hard to get better, dancing after hours in a dark room, her feet bleeding. I mean, that's definitely what happened in Black Swan, but no, she goes out and gets lit. The students all head to a local Latin club to blow off some steam and holy 90s, Charlie, the guy with the mismatched foundation, is wearing a short-sleeved shirt unbuttoned with a t-shirt underneath. Oh my god, do you remember that fash? Wow. Him and Jody dance and it's very sexually charged, which I feel like if they weren't two white people, it would just be Latin dancing. The next day, they all turn up to class hungover, which I just feel like is not in Jody's best interest right now. Jody is stressed. So she wants to take a class in anything but ballet and goes to a local studio to do what I imagine a Richard Simmons class must have been like in the 80s if it was Broadway jazz. Ooh, and guess who shows up? Cooper. He is so arrogant. He walks in late and just places himself front and center. This class looks 10,000 times more fun than ballet. So after class, she talks to Cooper and she's like, how come I can't dance like that in my ABA classes? Well, Jody, this is a local dance studio and ABA is for the best ballerinas in the country. So it might have something to do with the difficulty of the choreography. Then Cooper's like, let's get some dessert. And they ride across the Brooklyn Bridge at dusk on his motorbike to the soundtrack I Wanna Be With You by Mandy Moore playing over the top. Oh, heaven. They get to his house and she's like, I really shouldn't have any dessert. I'm already in trouble for my body. At this point, I've moved on from the marble chocolate and I'm eating lemon cream cheese frosting straight from the tub. So stressed. 
Then they badmouth Sandy Cohen, which I'm absolutely not here for. I want to be with you crescendos and I'm loving life and then they bang. Obviously, because Cooper drives a motorbike, he's a massive fuckboy and Jody is so naive. She just doesn't get it. She thinks they're in love now and they're boyfriend and girlfriend. And this triggers a chain of events that make me want to crawl under my couch because I'm cringing so hard and I have so much secondhand embarrassment for Jody. The next day, everyone gets cast into one of three ballets for the end of year showcase and their performance in these will dictate who gets those six vital spots in the American ballet. Jody and Charlie both get cast as leads in Cooper's ballet. Cooper says to Jody, you were the best person for the job. And I am absolutely not buying it. We all know that Jody is a shit dancer who basically got asked to leave by Sandy Cohen. He was just really nice about it because he's such a good guy. And instead of working on her technique to actually become a good dancer, she goes out and gets loose and turns after class hungover. So unprofessional. So she gushes to Cooper for giving her the lead role and gives him a dessert. (laughs) which he immediately palms off to his ex-girlfriend as soon as she's gone. Absolute cringe. Then all of the students go on a boat for someone's birthday and they eat donuts as if. But Jodie's off practicing in the middle of a crowded boat, literally the only time I've seen her practicing outside class. That's not even the worst part. Her friend Charlie with the Mismatch Foundation then asks her on a date and she's like, sorry, I'm seeing someone. Oh my God, no, you're not. Then Cooper is performing in a ballet. It's mid-performance and he comes off side stage for like a quick break. And in the middle of the performance, Jody is just waiting side stage and she just wants to tell him how good he is. He's like super puffed and about to go right back on stage. And she's just gushing at him again. And he's like clearly irritated and super embarrassed because the rest of the cast is also trying to get on stage. Like, oh my God, what is wrong with you, Jody? Then after the performance, she waits at the stage door for him and he walks out and totally ignores her as you would how like does she not know anything about performances you don't just go side stage while someone is mid-show she knows nothing I wish Sandy Cohen had a little bit more of a spine and actually did ask her to leave because she shouldn't be there Anyway, Eric, the other guy in Cooper's ballet, sprains his ankle in class and now he can't dance in the ballet in the end of year workshop. So Cooper is going to have to dance in his own ballet for the final performance. So basically, it's going to be this cute little threesome between Charlie, Cooper and Jodie now, like art imitating life, I guess. It's the big day and Cooper's ballet starts. It's about this bad boy who corrupts a classical ballet dancer and then him and the company director fight over her. Cooper rides in on his motor bike because he's playing the bad boy and Charlie is the company director. It's so modern, so risque. And for the next 20 minutes, they dance to Michael Jackson and Jamiroquai. Classic. Everyone knows that end scene when she's wearing the red ballet shoes. Hang on. Some of this basic choreography looks vaguely familiar. Where have I seen it before? Oh, it's straight from the Broadway jazz class they took together. I think that's called plagiarism, Cooper. In the end, I mean, I think Both of the boys are fighting over her and I think she chooses neither. She chooses herself. It's not really important. What is important is who gets the spots in the American ballet. Eva, the mouthy roommate, gets the spot, but then Cooper throws a spanner in the works. A rich lady that has a massive crush on Cooper loved his ballet so much. She wants to fund him starting a whole new ballet company and Cooper wants Jodie to be the prima ballerina. So she tells Sandy Cohen she's joining the company before he even gets to tell her if she got 
got a spot in the American Ballet or not. I don't know, Jodie. I just think because you didn't sleep with him and you're a shit dancer, it's probably a no. Then she goes and tells Cooper he's a great ballerina, ballerino, and she'll be his prima, but he's a really shit boyfriend. And oh my God, Jodie, he never was your boyfriend. Then she goes and asks Charlie on a date who also got into the American Ballet. Then, super confusing, the final scene is everyone clapping Jodie. And I'm confused because we all know that Jodie only got that leave role because she slept with Cooper. There's actually no evidence of her becoming a better dancer anywhere, unlike her roommate Eva. Her roommate Eva danced in Stanley Cohen's ballet and the choreography was so much harder. Her technique was a million times better. Just all round, she's a better ballet dancer. Plus, she actually did work hard through the year to become the best dancer she could possibly be. She really reined in her mouthiness. She started turning up to class on time. And unlike Jodie, she did work through the night. So if they should be clapping anyone, it's definitely Eva. She is the best dancer there. I'm totally perplexed. I give this movie a 6.5 out of 10. It's excellent 2000s fashion, banging soundtrack, but a really weak, predictable plotline. Now it is time for this week's life changer. The piggy in this little piggy didn't go to market to go shopping. Thanks for listening to Large Almond Latte. If you loved the podcast, you can subscribe on Apple and give us five stars if you're feeling super generous or follow us on Spotify. You can join the low involvement discussion by following us on Instagram at Large Almond Latte Podcast or join the Facebook group at Large Almond Latte Podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.